Operation Confidence proudly presents America's Invisible Heroes radio talk show. Tune in weekly on Sundays, 2 to 3 p.m. Pacific Time with your host, Consuela Mackey, U.S. Army veteran and co-host, Matt Davison, announcer Taylor Marcella and Brooke Gadesi, U.S. Army veteran and entertainment segment host, Charles Whitehead, veterans and legal segment host, attorney, Danielle Sherrod, U.S. Army veterans and lifeline for women veterans, segment host, Martha Elena Varela, veterans and recovery host, Anthony Akinpora, and U.S. Air Force veteran and incarceration to success segment host, Kevin Lewandowski. For more information or to be a guest on our show, email info at operationconfidence.org. Welcome, everyone, and thank you for tuning in to Americans Invisible Heroes, the show dedicated to our veterans and their families. Yes, I'm your host, Consuela Mackey. And you know what? I'm a longtime hairstylist and fashion designer, plus the executive director of a grassroots nonprofit organization called Operation Confidence. No, I'm not a veteran, but my heart goes out to our American heroes, especially those veterans who are disabled and may have experienced homelessness. For those who are new to the show, American Invisible Heroes was established to provide a platform for veterans to be able to share their experiences, heartfelt stories, resources, and challenges. Now, allow me to introduce my wonderful host, Air Force veteran and Operation Commons board member, Matt Davison, U.S. Reserve and board member, Charles Whitehead, Brooke Kodaski, also a board member and our announcer. We have Taylor Marcella, board member and also an announcer. U.S. Army, I'm sorry, U.S. Air Force veteran and board member, Kevin Lilnowski. And he's also the segment host for Incarceration to Success. U.S. Army veteran, Martha Varela. She's a segment host for Lifeline for Women Veterans and ending with U.S. Army Special Force Sergeant Richard Cook. He has a monthly seg segment called, I Once Was Whole. Welcome to you all. Thank you. You know, today, today is a special day. We're giving a tribute to a very dear friend of ours. And we want to take it away to Matt, who also has another dear friend of ours on who's who's going to share a tribute to a dear friend, Gary Yamamoto. Matt, take it away. Gary Yamamoto. I used to call him the Energizer Bunny because he never stopped moving from homeless veteran stand downs to vet center programs, to job fairs, National Vietnam Veterans of America, Hold on a second. My words just went out. There's photographs being put up here. And it just blocked out what I was saying. Right here. Okay. Let me go back. Jerry used to move from homeless veteran stand downs to vet center programs to job fairs to National Vietnam Veterans of America board meetings to PTSD counseling. Wherever there was a need for veterans and their families, there was Jerry. 
the veteran law the veteran world lost this extraordinary advocate on monday at 6:28 a.m after a long and protected illness and i wonder how many veterans whose lives he touched are better off now than they were prior to his touching their lives jerry was a vietnam veteran army vet served as a psychology social work specialist much of his work was associated with PTSD and this gave him important insights into working with troubled veterans in 2009 jerry was named the california 53rd assembly district veteran of the year he also received a us representative certificate of congressional commendation former congress representative jane harman said it best you have been a rare leader on veteran issues your advice and support meant a great deal to me jerry's daughter jamie remembers that when they were in the car jerry wanted to listen to beatle music hmm. favorite song was i want to hold your hand Today this shining spirit of Jerry Yamamoto is holding Jamie's hand and every veteran needing a hand up. You will be missed my brother but never forgotten. And now I'd like to bring in a close friend of myself and Jerry Clarence Hatcherson who knew him well and maybe get some memories from you Clarence on the times we spent together. Absolutely. Yeah, thank you Matt. Uh uh I uh I was honored uh, when you asked if if I could come and share some memories uh, of Jerry and and I did give it some thought and 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 I uh of two areas. Uh how I knew him professionally which uh anyone that's been around him as you said Matt to tribute uh knew that he was If you could give 110% for working with veterans, Jerry was that particular one uh to do that. But uh I also on a personal level, uh something that I think maybe not a lot of folks knew. Uh in conversations we've had over the years, uh Jerry would mention that he was born in Arkansas. And uh you know, I thought, okay, you know, strange maybe not strange. So uh what I realized and and I don't know if many people realize that Jerry was born in Rohar um the Rohar uh relocation camp uh during the second world war his parents were placed were relocated there uh so uh that was his birth and I can remember uh uh times we were driving around uh, in Torrance In fact, uh one particular time we were driving down uh, Western Boulevard just north of Torrance Boulevard and he pointed toward uh, a building which is all uh industrial and commercial uh, area and he says, "You know, my family once owned the land over there." You know, and it's Jerry was was not and I can't re- ever recall him being being bitter or uh, in fact he was very mild-mannered. uh but with that comment i felt uh, a bit of of sadness uh in that comment 
Um, one thing that Jerry uh, did, he would never, ever deny a request to help veterans. Uh, and the only time that he may make an excuse is when he had other events planned that were helping veterans. And he was very instrumental. In fact, he was one of our officers, Matt, with the South Bay VEC. And uh, in the tenure that we were there, he was really instrumental in keeping it going. So the one gentleman I will really, really, really miss. Thank you, Clarence. Those memories and insights. Um, there's a saying that with combat veterans, all gave some, and some gave all. Jerry was not a combat veteran, but he gave all. There was no, nothing left that he didn't give. So we remember him. We hope there'll be others like him that will keep serving these veterans who are in need and need a helping hand up. Thanks, Clarence, for joining us. Thank you, Connie, Thank you. for so allowing much. us to pay this oh. tribute. Well, I had to, you know, Matt and Clarence, you know, Jerry was extremely important and a dear friend to me as well. You've seen the picture that was shown on the screen. He he was very instrumental in helping us. Remember, Matt, when we were host when we hosted the event at this on the grounds of the sports arena? Jerry was right there. He was right there helping us. And he, we continued a wonderful friendship and my heart is just so broken that he's he's left us but he's with he's with the man upstairs now we all know that and uh he'll truly be missed but i just i'm honored to have had the opportunity for us to uh, give a tribute to him today and to let his daughter know how important he, he was to all of us non-vets and veterans and i thank you for this time there um, he is yeah, for sure. Well, we're going to move right along. Uh, Brooke, you want to take it from here? You got it, Connie. U.S. Army veteran Martha Elena Varela with her segment entitled Lifeline for Women Veterans. Her guest today is U.S. Army veteran Gloria Penaloza. I apologize if I've butchered your name, who's with the Army Corps of Engineers. Take it away, Martha. You're muted, Martha. Thank you, Brooke. Has Gloria been able to sign on? Uh, no, we don't see her yet. Let me see if she's here yet. Nope, 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 not yet. Okay, I will go ahead and read her bio while we wait. Hopefully she's not having uh, internet issues. But the guest that I had wanted to interview today was Miss Gloria Penalosa. Where'd you, pick, where'd you go? We don't see you anymore. Oh, okay, I was reading her bio. Okay. Um, so if I, what does it show, a blank screen? Yeah, there you go. Mm -hmm. You're back. So Gloria is a PhD candidate. Um, she is from St. Paul, Minnesota, where many of you know, um, the same place that I grew up. And it's been really interesting because over the years, Gloria and I have continued to cross paths realizing that we were both in the Minnesota Army National Guard. Um, we both were small business owners. We both were Habitat for Humanity homeowners. And we both went to graduate school um, at the same time. And I think that we even have a child that's close in age. So 
strangely, we've become friends over the years. And I wanted to highlight her um, for her, just her strength and resilience, um, being a woman and a woman in the army and actually having made a career out of the army. And I think for many of us, that was always the goal. But for many of us, like myself, who've experienced some of the, the trauma, um, unfortunately, that we've experienced along with um, some physical injuries that I had while serving on active duty, um, not many of us make it there. And part of the reason why I wanted to recognize her for that, because she was really able to just make the uh, military a, a career and now working for the Army Corps of Engineers has also been able to um, provide her a platform for continuing her, her education, finishing a graduate degree recently and now a PhD at Hamlin University in leadership. And so over the years, I've just really admired, as I mentioned, her strength, um, her resilience, but also her ability to just overcome obstacles and challenges, as she mentioned to me. Um, she also experienced some of that trauma that unfortunately some of us experienced during our time of service. And so I want to kind of just ask her, you know, kind of more in detail how she was able to do so and recognize her for that because she still continues to work with the community. Um, she has made it a passion to work with youth and her end goal is to um, her end goal is to help youth in the community and their families become homeowners. So as I mentioned, she was uh, selected to become a Habitat for Humanity homeowner. Um, for those of you who know, the Habitat for Humanity also provides a veteran component for um, veterans who are interested in becoming homeowners. So if any of you know some families here locally or in other parts of the country, they have a specific part of their program, which we didn't know of back then. Both of us were homeowners um, about 20 years ago. But I have had the opportunity to talk to the outreach director here locally in Los Angeles. And it's a very wonderful program to help veterans become homeowners, but not many veterans are aware of this wonderful resource. So how it works is once you apply and you're selected, in, in exchange for your down payment assistance, you provide sweat equity. So you and anyone else in your family that's over the age of 18 actually work on your home. So everything from sheetrocking to any of the remodeling, putting in the carpet, you literally learn some valuable skills that you may not need when you become the actual homeowner in terms of like sheetrock, but in, you know, in terms of this love and care that you develop for your own home is more worth more than the, the exchange for the down payment assistance. And so I really wanted to use this opportunity also to let all of our listeners know, to let all of those on the show know that if you know of any veterans in the LA area, I think also Orange County um, has the same or similar Habitat for Humanity program. It really is a wonderful opportunity for yet, maybe not the homeless veterans, but those that are sort of kind of caught in the middle, right? We're in a place that's too small or our families have become larger. We just can't afford to upgrade to our own home, right? Many of us, unfortunately, are renters and don't realize that home ownership is an opportunity. So just wanting to let you guys know about that wonderful um, program that is available right here in Los Angeles through Habitat for Humanity. And it's a veteran track program. 
also, if you're a veteran who is already a homeowner and just need a little bit of help uh, fixing it up, it could be outside, the inside, they also have an extension of, of uh, a program which is called a brush for kindness. And so they will come, uh, rally the troops, bring them over to the house and help you fix up your existing house if you're already a homeowner. So just a wonderful program that both Gloria and I are participants of and wanted to share her wonderful story and this wonderful resource with you all. So I, I, I'm sad to see she maybe wasn't able to get on. And I don't know, she was texting me this morning at eight o'clock in the morning. So I hope everything's okay. Um, we might have to bring her on um, again in the future to have her share her wonderful story. But hats off to you, Gloria, if you are listening, um, wanting to share your story and let others know um, how, how important you are in the world of, of women veterans and in veterans um, all across the state. And so that was my guest for today. Hopefully Martha, we'll I want to share something with you that several years back, Operation Confidence, and especially me, was on the board of Habitat for Humanities Los Angeles. Oh, so cool. I know the whole ins and outs of Habitat, which is a marvelous program. And I literally learned how to put on a roof. I can put on a roof as good as a roofer, okay? And so you learn yeah. some amazing skills. I mean, I literally had my little cute workout and tool belt, the whole spiel, but they <laughs> hoisted me up on the roof and I can put on a roof just as good as the roofer now, thanks to Habitat for Humanity. So you do learn some amazing skills, but it was an honor to be on their board. So uh, I hats off to Habitat. They, they are an amazing organization. And thanks for bringing that to us. And and, and I'm happy that you had a home. So you know yes. they're, they're, they're outstanding. They've been doing it for many, many years. And I'll get you the information so that we could put it on our website. Please um, do. Yeah, really wanting to spread the word about the specific veteran um, program. Specific yeah, they have that. That's been for several years now, but it's it's a great or great uh, program that they have for vets. We keep in touch. So thank you so much for that, Martha. That was invaluable information. Yeah. Oh, go ahead. Go ahead. I'm sorry. What were you I was gonna just going to ask Martha. I say, you can you try to get in touch with her? Maybe we can get on here for a couple of minutes, or you know, if if she's got the time. Yeah, I, I texted her and I didn't, um, I, I'll try again and see if everything's okay. I just texted her a few minutes before the show started to make sure she didn't have problems getting on. And I, I did email her the script this morning. So I'm, I'm kind of surprised that she wasn't able to make it. Like I said, hopefully everything's okay, but I will, I'll, I'll reach out to her. All right. Thank you. You're welcome. Okay. So Taylor. Now it's time for U.S. Air Force veteran Kevin Lewandowski to give his segment entitled Incarceration to Success. Take it away, Kevin. Hi, everybody. Um, today, my guest is Richard Slezak. He is, he is a veteran that I um, met when I was working for Volunteers of America in the Incarcerated Veterans Transition Program. And uh, he, uh, had, he had several battles with... Um, with incarceration um, over decades, and uh, finally on his uh, his last bout, he um, he went and took up some courses in industrial and hospital uh, san um, san sanitation, you know, and 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 um, before COVID, but it worked out, you know, it, it, in the end, it really worked out because the pandemic started. 
And through the pandemic, he was able to, uh, to do a, a good career. Um, I got him a job with um, a company called Avatara, and they uh, contract with the VAs at the uh, uh, West Los Angeles VA, Long Beach VA, and the uh, Sepulveda VA. And they also have other um, contracts throughout the country. So I was able to pay, to 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 um, to start contracting with them, and they hire all of my um, incarcerated veterans and give them a chance at uh, second chance, like a second chance company. So I was able to get him on board there, and since he's been on board there, he's got two promotions, and he's doing very well. So I would like to introduce to you, Richard uh, Sleazan. Before you introduce uh, Richard, uh, Kevin, can you give a little bit of history about you and, and, and your background and how you've now become a role model in the veterans community? Okay, yes, I, um, I am a uh, former uh, homeless veteran. I became homeless right after I got released from the Air Force and I stayed homeless for 25 years. Um, after the, tw I was a, a stone-called alcoholic um, and drug addict, um, which I, I, my, my alcoholism really boosted when I was in the military, and they offered me absolutely no help. So they, their, 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 their quick um, solution to problems like that is let's discharge them. So I got discharged. I got discharged to the streets, and and that's where I stayed, you know, for 25 years. Um, it's a very hard life, you know, living on the streets. Um, you uh, it became the, got to the point you get in fights and you get in battles with people, and and you don't really have friends. You have acquaintances that just want to uh, you use each other, you know, for whatever resources you may have. And it got to the point where my 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 addiction was so bad that my every waking moment, my every thought was, or I have to get more. I have to get more, and that's all I thought. The time I woke up was get more, get more, get more, you know, get more alcohol, get more alcohol. And that's what I did. I, I I got more until I blacked out, passed out, and wherever I passed out, that was my home for the night. Oh, my. That went on for 25 years. And oh, I wound up in prison. Um, I, I wound up in there for, for charges that uh, were just to support my habit. Um, I got arrested for forgery fraud, which is I was... Uh, doing these this, uh, check cashing um, that goes on around impoverished areas, though people come up, would you like to make $500? You say, sure, I would. So they so they, uh, they take it to like a Walmart, and they get you hygiene products, get you fresh clothes, take it to a motel room, and get you changed and cleaned up and pick you up the next morning and hand you this payroll check with your name on it. Mine was $4,000. So I got the $1,000 check. I went into the check cashing, came out with a thousand dollars. They took five hundred, five hundred. So um, that went on, you know, for a while. And then I got really involved in the in the in the uh, in the 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 business of of um, the forgery business. I was actually um, uh, robbing the checks, and I was reprinting the checks, and finding the people to cash the checks, and you know, oh just oh, so. Uh, so you was a gangster. Yeah. <laughs> So then, so then, uh, so then, um, I, uh, of course, I got caught, and and uh, and uh, in the midst of all that, I also, um, I, when I needed a drink, I needed a drink, 
it got to the point where if I didn't have the alcohol level um, boosted up in enough time, I would go and flop like a fish right on the floor and, and, and in the street wherever I was in a seizure. So oh, I would have to go around and panhandle for money. And, and if I couldn't get the money in time, I went into the store and I took it like it's the thing to do. You know, I walked oh, right out. So I went and I, and I went to, to walk out of this one liquor store and the two clerks, they uh, tried to block me in. So I was not about to have them block me in because I needed that drink. It was oh. two hot two beers, two cans of beer. I put them in my army jacket and I went to get out the uh, out the front exit and they tried to block me. So I barreled past them. Since I physically touched them, they arrested me for strong arm robbery. So it sounds Whoa. like I robbed a bank, you know. So that's where I got these charges of robbery, forgery, fraud, burglary, you know, and it's all was just basically you know, to get my liquor. Wow. But now so now these these things um they 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 haunt me you know as far as it goes with employment um they always will if, if they do like a live scan you know they say in california after seven years it disappears it does disappear in a regular background check but not on a live scan on a live scan your whole rap sheet is going to come up right. and then you then you have to the company that you apply for you know you have to explain to them you know, what this was and, you know, why this happened and what this means, you know, and write them a letter. And hopefully you have a COO that is compassionate and, 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 and understanding and they see the merit that you have achieved and they'll give you, you know, the position. So uh, that's actually what I'm going through now um, with another organization. They offer a position. Um, Wait a minute, you skipped right by something. So after you had become incarcerated and then you found God and right, then from right, there right. you went and found yourself on a on an even keel and then you met Miss Bella and then she yes, gave yes, you, yes, you, how yes, did you yes. forget all that important oh, part? No, no. <laughs> <laughs> so then so then okay so then you know eventually I you know I I got out of prison and I went into a rehab because I knew how to stay sober. Um I could stay sober on the in prison which I was three years sober when I got out, but I didn't know how to stay sober on the streets. So I went into a rehab and I learned how to, uh, I built a foundation, you know, of people to support me. And, uh, and I, I wound up, um, nobody really wanted somebody on parole for, for these char with these charges, of course, to, to live in their, their, their dwellings. So a place on Skid Row, the um, SRO Corporation uh, said, we have a place for you in one of our transitional housing at the, um, at the um, Russ Hotel. So I went to the Russ Hotel and it was this little room and, and dingy room and hot as could be in there and just just the smell of you know, piss and shit coming through the windows and and, and and drugs coming through the windows. And it was just, it was- You can't cuss on air. Oh, I'm sorry. <laughs> it was just, 